Okay, without any further ado, I'm going to welcome up um, Martin, our speaker for today. Why don't we give him a hand? Everyone, this is Martin. <laughs> um, we're going to do a little bit of a, a Q&A for those who might not be familiar with Martin. Um, so your name is Martin. Tell us a little bit about what you do during the week. Can people online yeah. hear us? Give us a thumbs up in the chat. Try again. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> um, so do we start the Q&A again? Or? Sure. Okay. Hello, That's everyone. Like this is Martin. He's going to be speaking today. Um, Martin, what do you do with yourself during the week? Yep. I, <laughs> I study at Bible College. I study at Moore College. I'm doing a four-year degree there, Bachelor of Divinity. Sounds really cool, but it's just a fancy <laughs> word of, for theology. Um, and that's because I'm, I'm preparing myself for ministry, for full-time ministry. Um, yeah, soon after I graduate, I'll, I'll aim to be like an assistant pastor or something like that. Oh, that's very exciting. Um, what did you do before you went to Bible college? Um, or did you always go to Bible yeah, college? Yeah, a few years back, I studied engineering. After that, I worked as an engineer for a couple of years, which was pretty good, actually. I, I would have been happy to stay there as well. And at the same time, I was thinking... Um, what is the best way that I could be serving God? And I saw that people really need to hear the gospel. People really need to be growing in their faith. And I thought perhaps it would be good to figure out whether I am suitable for that sort of work and ministry. Um, I did a two-year traineeship with the Christian group at UNSW uh, where I de developed further skills in ministry and saw maybe I did have the gifts for preaching and teaching. That's very encouraging. Um, and we're thankful that you can come here today and you can preach for us as well. Mm. How do you know GCC? What's your connection mm. with, with these wonderful people? Yeah, I was invited to Youth in the House, the youth group here when I was in high school through Jolene and Sandra. Um, yeah, really enjoyed my time there. Lots of fun games. I remembered, oh, I may have shared this story last year as well, drinking a whole bunch of soya sauce. Um, yeah, I felt like Joe forced me to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, really fun games. Grew a lot in faith. Um, yeah, came along to this church for a bit as well. Was part of the Young Adults Ministry, Gap 56, oh, which was also good times. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really good stuff. And cool. I try to catch up with people here and there as well. Yeah, cool. Um, and what has been the most exciting thing to have happened uh, in the last 12 months in your life? <laughs> Just a random question, yeah. putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of last year, I proposed to my girlfriend, Olivia. She said yes. If, <laughs> if you're here in person, you can chat to Olivia afterwards as well. Um, and we're getting married on the 29th of this month. So quite exciting. soon. Yeah, very exciting. Congratulations. Mm, thank you. Um, all right, last question. What is something that you are passionate about? Mm, passionate about a few things. One is Smash Bros. I really like playing Smash Bros. <laughs> Maybe the question you're asking is about, um, yeah, things of faith as well. I really love seeing people come to know Jesus and seeing people grow in faith. There's so much we can learn from the Bible, so much that God has blessed us with, and it's great when we actually grasp that. Well, I guess we can we can never fully grasp it in on this life in this life at least. But there's there's so much richness 
in the Bible, in what God has shown to us. And it's, it's great being part of that. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Uh, on that note, I'll do our Bible reading for today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, pull out 1 John chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 5 to chapter 2, verse 2. So 1 John 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thanks so much, Cass. And thanks everyone for having me. It's good to see lots of familiar faces. Um, and if you're joining us through live stream, thanks for joining us through there as well. It's, it's a great privilege for me to be able to bring God's word to us. So let me pray to God to ask for his help. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you do bless us with so many good things. And Father, we thank you for your word, for how you teach, rebuke, correct, and train us through it. We pray today that you'd help us. Uh, Help us to all learn together through this word that we may see uh, the truth and what it means for our lives. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. I'd like to tell you about my friend. Uh, this friend said something that once surprised me. He said he was beyond forgiveness. There was something terrible he had done. I won't go into details, but he knew that it was deeply wrong. Something he regretted immediately after. And people condemned him for it. Now this is friend, he's a Christian. And as a Christian, he knows if we trust in Jesus, our sins are forgiven. The promise of forgiveness is for all sins. Not just the, the ones we might think are little, but for the big ones too. And yet, in that moment of despair, he believed he had gone too far. That even Jesus' offer of forgiveness didn't extend to him. And I wonder... Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever done something you've deeply regretted and then wondered whether God would forgive you for that? Have you questioned whether you're okay with God because of some sin you've committed? Or maybe you're like my other friend. He asked me, if Jesus forgives all your sins, doesn't that mean you can just do whatever? Sin is messy and it's quite confusing. Sometimes we don't know what to think about our sin. Sometimes we don't know how to feel about it or what to do with it. Sin is confusing. But today's passage helps us remove that confusion. We'll be learning from 1 John 1 verse 5 to chapter 2 verse 2. It's a passage that helps us to understand we are called to walk in the light. That there is forgiveness of sins and that we're to turn away from sin. So that's what's coming up ahead. I've structured this talk in three main points walking in the light, forgiveness of sins, and turning away from sins. Walking in the light, forgiveness of sin, and turning away from sin. And after those three points, I thought I'd share a story, a personal story as well. 
So let's get into it. We have a great passage before us. Now, our passage starts at verse 5, but it will be helpful to have a quick recap as to what's happened just before. This is a letter from the Apostle John. John's writing based on what he and the other disciples have seen firsthand. They had seen Jesus, they had touched him, they had looked at him, they had heard his teaching. And so now, John's about to share some of the lessons he's learned from Jesus. We're at point one, walking in the light. Look with me at 1 John 1, verse 5 to 7. Verses 5 to 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. John's focusing on God being the light. God is light. But this metaphor might be a bit tricky at first glance. The metaphor of light is, well, represents a whole variety of things in the Bible. So what is it here? Well, I think it's about moral goodness. It's about God's character. Now, to help us to understand this metaphor a bit better, I've asked the, the tech team and Cass to, to turn off the room lights because I've brought my own light. not to say that we live a morally perfect life. That's not to say that our good works save us. So it's good to be reminded about who actually saves us. It's at the end of verse 7. It's the blood of Jesus that purifies us from all sin. Jesus took the punishment of our sin by dying in our place. God is light, and we're to walk in the light, to live lives that reflect God's goodness. We're now at point two, forgiveness of sins. Sin is a complicated thing, isn't it? And people get all sorts of things wrong about sin. Even defining it is difficult. I'll give you my definition that I'll be using for this passage. Sin is rebellion against God. And if sin is rebellion against God, who's, and he's the moral foundation, the, the foundation of all moral goodness, then sin is essentially evil. Some people might think they don't have sin. It, it can be dif difficult to think that there is something evil about us. Perhaps it's an atheist who thinks that they haven't done anything wrong. Perhaps it's a Christian who says they've been saved by God and therefore doesn't sin anymore. Now, from what I know of churches here in Sydney, there are many of us who recognize that we are sinful and broken. But on the other hand, so, for some of us, things are going really well. Work is going well. The family is good. Life is good. And we might think that we are good, 
almost to the point of saying we don't have a problem with sin. Could that be you? You wouldn't say that you're perfect, but could you be thinking that you don't have a problem with sin? If that's the case, we're actually deceiving ourselves. That's what we read in verses 8 to 10. I'll read it out for us, verses 8 to 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. See, we've all turned away from God and decided to live our own lives, our own way. We've all done what is wrong, whether it's lying or lashing out in anger or lusting over someone or being selfish. We've all sinned. And that's something we unfortunately continue to do. People who who say they don't sin, they don't realize that God knows that we've all sinned and he tells us that. And so by saying that they haven't sinned, they're also saying that God's a liar. That's verse 10. If we claim we haven't sinned, we're effectively saying that God is a liar when he says that we've all sinned. But we're not stuck in our sin. There's good news. It was the good news in verse 9. Good news because God is faithful to his promises. God promised that he would save his people, that he would forgive sin. There's good news because God is just. He doesn't simply forget about sin. No, he sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sin. God is faithful to his promises and he is just. And that means if we recognize our sins, if we confess our sins, God forgives us through Jesus. If we confess our sins, God forgives us because of Jesus. I've got a Catholic friend who would agree to all that. He'd say he's sinful and that he's forgiven by God. And I think he'd say, we also need to confess our sins to a Catholic priest. After all, verse 9 talks about how we need to confess our sins, right? Now, I think what he and the Catholic Church have got wrong is that they've added in the role of a Catholic priest. A priest is an intermediary between us and God, someone who stands in for us and appeals to God. Our passage doesn't talk about a Catholic priest, and that's because we already have Jesus. Jesus himself is the one who stands in and appeals to God. Jesus himself is our advocate. It's what the start of chapter 2 tells us. I'm going to skip over the first sentence in verse 1. We'll come back to that later. But let's read the second half of verse 1. And we'll read to verse 2 as well. 1 John chapter 2, second half of verse 1. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is our advocate. I think of it, it's like he's standing before God and he says, God, look at Martin. I know he's sinned. But he trusts in me. I died for him. I sacrificed my life to take away his sins. And so when we confess, we don't need to confess to a Catholic priest because we have Jesus advocating for us. Jesus died for our sins. And he didn't die just for us, but, verse 2, for the whole world. Now, that doesn't mean that the whole world is saved. The Bible's pretty clear that some people do reject God and aren't saved. But it means that the whole world has the opportunity. Anyone who trusts in Jesus 
is saved. Anyone. Now, some of us here may have never trusted in Jesus before. And if that's you, then I invite you today to confess your sins to God and trust in Jesus. You've heard how we've all sinned. And that includes you as well. You've sinned against God. But if, if well, we've heard today that if we confess our sins, God will forgive us through Jesus. It's great news. And so at the end of this sermon, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. It's a prayer where we'll confess our sins to God. We'll ask, for forgi- for, we'll ask him for forgiveness, knowing that he has promised that he will forgive us through Jesus. And we'll ask him for help to live for him, to help us to walk in the light and to turn away from sin. If you've never trusted in Jesus and you've realized that you do need to start trusting in him, then I, I invite you to pray this prayer with me at the end of the sermon. Now, if you're someone who already trusts, should you confess as well? Yes. We've seen in this passage that we still continue to sin. So we should still confess. We can, we can confess in private. When I pray to God by myself, sometimes I tell him how I've sinned against him. I confess my sins to God. And we can confess as a group as well. In Bible study, at church, when we meet with brothers and sisters in Christ, we can confess our sins as a group as well. So if you already trust in God, I still invite you to join with me in the prayer at the end of the sermon. It's a prayer where we'll confess our sins to God, we'll ask Him for forgiveness, and we'll ask Him to help us to live for Him. I do also want to say that the offer of forgiveness is for any sin. John has told us in this passage, Jesus purifies us from all sin. Not just the ones we think are little, not just the ones that we're okay to discuss with others, but even the ones that we think are big, the deep, shameful sins that you wouldn't talk about with anyone here. Jesus purifies us from all sin, which means that the the message of forgiveness, it's good news for everyone, for me, for you, for the murderer, for the adulterer, for the person who struggles with porn, with, with alcohol. John told us in verse 9, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So no matter how how much you've sinned and how great your sin is, if if you confess your sins to God, he will forgive you. If you confess your sins to God, he will forgive you. It's quite a reassuring promise. Now, is that why John wrote his letter, to reassure us? I think so, at least partially. But it's not the only reason. John wrote these things so that we wouldn't sin. We're at point three, turning away from sin. Look with me at the first half of 1 John 2, verse 1. First half of verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. See, John has reminded us that God is light. God is the very foundation of moral goodness. So we should walk in the light. That means turning away from sin. And John has reminded us that Jesus died to save us from our sin. Jesus purifies us from all sin. So we should turn away from further sin. With these reminders, John is writing so that we wouldn't sin. 
I'd like to point out to you a couple of interesting things about this verse. The first is on how he says it. He's not like this strict teacher saying to his students, don't do the wrong thing, otherwise I'll put you in detention. No, he's like a loving parent speaking tenderly to his children. Look at the start of the verse. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. And you may have also noticed that this verse, it's sandwiched between the good news of forgiveness. Chapter 1, we're forgiven through Jesus. Now chapter 2, verse 1, I write this to you so that you will not sin. And then straight after that, forgiveness through Jesus. John has surrounded his call for us not to sin with the message of forgiveness. So that's when, when we do sin, we know things are okay, that we are forgiven through Jesus. We know what we're called to do, to turn away from sin. If we say we're Christians, we should live it out. We should try as hard as we can to put sin to death, to walk in the light, to live our lives according to God's standard of goodness. We should turn away from sin. Well, I'd like to tell you a personal story. It's a conflict. It's about a conflict between me and my fiance, Olivia. And I'm not sharing this because I want to air some dirty laundry. <laughs> no, I'd like to share this story because I want to show how God's word, how this passage particularly, speaks into my life when I do sin. So let me tell you this story from sometime last year. And I, I did have Olivia's permission to share this story. I'm a Christian. I trust in God. I know God is the light and I should walk in the light. And so I, I try to walk in the light in my relationship with Olivia. And that's been great. I love Olivia and I can't wait to be married to her. But I'm not without sin. Sometime last year, she had a really rough morning. And as I, as I spent the day with her, I, I felt like she took it out on me. Now, don't get me wrong, Olivia's a really lovely person. If you're here in person, chat to her afterwards. You'll see she's thoughtful, she's kind and caring. Don't get me wrong. But during this particular day, we had a few disagreements. I tried to be patient my frustration just built up and my frustration built up and built up and eventually I was just filled with anger. I felt like everything was her fault. She needed to apologize to me. Our day was ruined because of her. And in my anger, I stopped listening to her. I didn't try to love her. I was just focused on myself in my own sense of justice. I spoke harshly to her. I blamed her. The next day, when my anger subsided, I felt terrible. This was the woman who I loved, and I had treated her so badly. I felt really guilty. But I remembered the forgiveness found in Jesus. The blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. In my anger, I had sinned against Olivia. But my identity wasn't in what I did. It wasn't in my works. Through Jesus, I'm forgiven. I'm a forgiven child of God. I needed to remind myself of that, to remind myself of forgiveness in Jesus and to confess my sins to God, asking him for forgiveness. So that's what I did. I prayed to God. And that forgiveness didn't mean that I could just do whatever I wanted. It doesn't mean that I could just treat Olivia however I liked. No, God, God tells me to turn away from sin. 
so I apologized to her. We talked it through. I asked her for forgiveness, and she did forgive me. I prayed that God would help me not to sin against her in my anger again. I read what the Bible said about anger, and Olivia and I chatted about how we could handle conflict better. I, I tried hard to turn away from sin. Olivia and I still sometimes have disagreements, but we know that we're forgiven in Jesus. We know that things are okay. So we try and we try again to turn away from sin, to walk in the light. Now, I don't know what sins you might be struggling with. If you don't trust in Jesus yet, trusting in him is the first thing for you to do, to confess to God so that your sins are forgiven through Jesus. But if you already trust in Jesus, I want you to know that you really are forgiven. Maybe you're struggling with sexual immorality. Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe it's not being loving to others. Everyone sins. But if you trust in Jesus, your identity isn't in your sin. You've been forgiven by God. You've been purified from all unrighteousness. You are a dearly loved child of God. And that should lead you to turning away from sin, to get back up and fight, to walk in the light. What happened to the friend that I was telling you right at the start? Well, life for him is still pretty hard. But I think he knows that God, through Jesus, forgives him for all sins, even that terrible sin he committed. He knows that forgiveness is for all sin, and he seeks to walk in the light. And if you're weighed down by your sin as well, I hope you know that too. There's no sin too big for Jesus if you trust in him. I'll lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we confess our sin to you. We have sinned against you. We have turned away from you so many times. Please forgive us. Please forgive us, not because of our works, but because Jesus died for us. Thank you that you've shown us that you will forgive us if we trust in you. So please help us to live for you. Please help us to walk in the light and to turn away from sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I believe that concludes the formal part of our service. So if you're watching from at home, uh, feel free to close your video. And I hope you have a really good day today. And maybe, yep, we'll see you a different time. And for everyone here in person, um, yeah, hopefully that was encouraging. Hopefully you learned some good things. I look forward to catching up with you afterwards as well.